Well, welcome to the JACCP podcast. My name is Beth Phillips, and I'm a Rite Aid Professor, PGY2 Ambulatory Care Program Director, and Assistant Department Head for Residency Programs at the University of Georgia College of Pharmacy. I also serve as an Associate Editor for the Journal of the American College of Clinical Pharmacy. And today I'm talking with Dr. Megan Reck. She is an emergency medicine clinical pharmacist at Loyola University Medical Center. Dr. Reck and her colleagues, Drs. Morgan Jones, Ryan Naismith, and Craig Beavers published a review in the July 2022 issue of JACCP titled Premature Attrition of Clinical Pharmacists, Call to Attention, Action, and Potential Solutions. Megan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. So this paper has received a lot of attention on Twitter. Can you provide some background and rationale for developing a review on this topic? Yeah, I'd be happy to. I have been a clinical pharmacist since 2011 when I completed residency. And I've noticed that my colleagues tend to keep leaving earlier and earlier uh, at points in their career. Um, So this is what we mean when we say premature attrition, not the natural progression of, you know, working for five to 10 years and then seeking employment that favors work-life balance or offers new challenges, but rather those that uh, intended to stay in practice for a lot longer than they did. So really the impetus for, for this came from Twitter because one of the best residents that I've ever had the the privilege of training and working with um, left after only really a little more than a year in clinical practice for a role within a pharmaceutical company. And that's when I really kind of um, had a light bulb moment where I realized that this may be creating a problem where we have these really Uh, excellent new practitioners that are leaving practice, clinical practice for roles uh, outside of clinical practice after uh, a year or two. And when uh, this resident in particular had uh, planned to work long-term in an academic center. So after that, I, I kind of pieced together some thoughts into a thread on Twitter, and it really resonated with a lot of people, really generated a lot of great discussion. And that's what made me realize that we should turn this into a paper and try to piece together all of the literature uh, surrounding this topic. There's, there's not a lot. A lot of it is anecdote. But trying to come up with some reasons for premature attrition um, and explore uh, what can be done to mitigate it, and then also uh, call to action so that future research can focus on this topic and bring to light more surrounding this, this topic. In your paper, many different facets that may contribute to pharmacist attrition were identified and discussed, including burnout, lack of revenue generation, and vulnerability during times of financial instability, lack of off-service time, misguided and poor public perception, high training standards, lack of career advancement opportunities, and workplace culture. Were you surprised by any of these factors? And which do you think are worth noting or are most significant? I don't think I was uniquely surprised by any of these individual factors. Not surprising, I think burnout kind of dominates the landscape in terms of the literature surrounding this. But uh, I I was pleasantly surprised to see that someone had done a paper evaluating the impact that the role of pharmacists play in U.S. uh, film and television. I love that study because they basically took 
several years worth of film and television and examined the uh, how, how the pharmacists were portrayed in the media and whether it was a positive or negative light. So I, th- I thought that was a really interesting uh, finding that we came across uh, in the course of preparing for this. Uh, not surprising, a lot of these areas did not have a lot of high level evidence to, to support these um, and some of these were anecdotal experience. It's interesting that the data reviewed were collected and published prior to the COVID-19 pandemic. What effect do you think the pandemic has had on these factors? I am certain that the pandemic has probably accelerated these factors. Most of these studies that we explored, uh, for example, the the largest study uh, on burnout was published in 2017 before the, the start of the pandemic. So I'm sure that, you know, across the country, all of our health systems are under more stress and strain uh, since that time. We have faced layoffs across the country. We have faced taking on more responsibility across the country. So I would be surprised if the pandemic has not accelerated others uh, considering leaving the profession in a premature fashion. Yeah, and as you noted, burnout was one of the uh, main factors leading to attrition. So what, what factors do you think are really contributing to burnout? There were lots of things mentioned in the paper. Yeah, Morgan Jones, one of our uh, co-authors on the paper, conducted uh, the, probably the largest study on uh, pharmacist burnout. It had nearly a, a thousand hospital pharmacists. Um, most of those were clinical pharmacists as they were solicited through ACCP's um, various uh, PRNs or practice and research networks. Again, this was in 2017 before the the pandemic. But at that time, more than 60% of pharmacists were reported that they were burnt out, which is a substantial amount of burnout. So I'm sure that since that time, it has has gotten worse. In terms of what factors contribute to that, um, I, I think it's multifactorial and we touch on some of those. I think the practice models that we offer, the training that we start with during residency, the lack of ability to to secure our positions based on revenue generation and relatively stagnant uh, opportunities for career growth are some of those. Yeah, another interesting um, point in your paper was that one of the studies included in the review found that difficult physician colleagues did not influence the rate of burnout but working with difficult pharmacist colleagues did. What do you think about that? Yeah, it's really interesting that that was really one of the factors that that contributed to burnout uh, in the survey that I mentioned. I think part of this is we expect to deal with difficult physicians as part of our job. I think we better equip learners with how to uh, handle difficult interactions, with how to be very clear and concise in delivering our recommendations, um, how to get around dealing with rejection and not taking it personally. But I don't know that we necessarily teach our learners well how to deal with uh, difficult cultures and difficult pharmacist colleagues. I think in pharmacy, we have a tendency to, quote, eat our young, kind of making things unnecessarily difficult, being territorial, uh, especially in the current environment where we're asked to just do more with less. So I'm not sure if that's the reason why it's more difficult to deal with difficult pharmacist colleagues than difficult physician colleagues. But I think that perhaps it plays a role. 
Another finding that uh, the paper reported from one of the studies is that those with children or older age were less likely to burn out. Uh, do you think generational differences play a role here? I'm not sure if it's generational differences so much as those with children or those that are at an older age have learned through self-preservation uh, to compartmentalize better, perhaps. I know for me personally, unless I really have a deadline that I, I have to subscribe to, I refuse to take time away from my kids in the evenings and on the weekends. I have two little kids. And it's really important for me to have that time with them. Um, and I really try not to cut into that uh, as much as I can. But then I think about the arc that my own career has taken. And before I had kids and when I was earlier career, I took homework all the time when I was trying to establish myself. So I think part of being you know, at the point where you're hitting mid-career is just feeling a bit more grounded and not feeling the self-imposed pressure to take homework all the time. I know that millennials have been accused of caring more about work-life balance in the uh, in in that equation to to care more about the balance rather than just working all the time. So perhaps it's generational, maybe that's part of it. But I think for me personally, the pressure that I've put on myself uh, has lessened over time. So perhaps that's part of it as well. What do you think a pharmacist can do individually to refresh or decrease the risk of burnout? I think that premature attrition is complicated and it is all about burnout, but then it's also multifactorial. So burnout is just one factor. There are individual things that we can do, you know, the typical well-being prescription of exercising every day and sleeping enough. But I also think that we need organizational change to drive long lasting change and to prevent premature attrition. I think it also helps to realize that we're all on the same team and we all face similar challenges. I know just in writing this paper, I've heard from clinicians across the country that have reached out and have said things like, this resonates with me so much. I feel like I'm being seen in the challenges that I'm dealing with. And I feel like this is so applicable to my institution. So I think just starting the conversation and, and keeping the conversation going on these issues is very helpful. There are also other things that we highlighted in the paper, things like using your PTO, practicing mindfulness, and then leveraging the mentors that you have as well. While these don't get at the root of the problem, I think that they will help clinicians to feel less burnt out and less alone. Another interesting piece of the paper was that it wasn't just about individual, what individual pharmacists can do about burnout, but also addressing some of the organizational factors. So what are some of those factors that do you think are the most important to support pharmacist retention? There are so many things that organizations can do, both at a hospital level and at a national level. Each institution faces similar challenges, but some things are ubiquitous, like paying pharmacists what they're worth, uh, recognizing good work. So if a pharmacist gets an award or publication or has a great save at work, um, kind of highlighting some of those wins um, will go a long way to uh, make sure that staff feel like they're recognized. Uh, some pathway for career advancement is advisable. So whether that's implementing a career ladder where pay is, is tied to uh, different steps of the ladder um, as pharmacists uh, can achieve a higher level, 
Um, the ability to buy down time for administration, support, research, leadership roles, uh, and things like that. Uh, and then transparency with decision-making, I think is really important and leads to a lot of burnout when pharmacists feel like uh, they don't have a stake or they don't have a role in decision-making. I think national organizations can also do more to lobby for systemic change. Uh, it's great that pharmacists have had recent wins, like for example, we can now prescribe Paxlovid, um, but we need more progress like that. Provider status is such a buzzword, but I think it would be helpful for our collective uh, mentality as pharmacists to be considered providers uh, and to be recognized for the work that we do. So I think there's a lot um, on the national stage that we can advocate for as well. So much great information related to pharmacist attrition. What would you say are some of the key takeaways from this review? I think that um, first, if you haven't read the paper, just know that it's there and that we touch on some of these key factors on what's leading to premature attrition. Um, it is open access, so it's available for free. Second, everyone's feeling the collective stress of working as a clinical pharmacist right now. Uh, you're not alone in that uh, if you're in that role. Uh, there's many factors that are contributing to premature attrition, including burnout, but it's also much bigger than burnout and we need a lot of research and future discussion uh, surrounding that. So we try to provide some individual level and system level changes that could be made to address these issues. And we hope that more research will be done and that will continue uh, this discussion. All right. Well, thank you so much for your insightful uh, comments on the paper. Thank you.